if you listen to this show, you know that I have some issues with Facebook. Uh, in my personal opinion, much of the misinformation and division that is plaguing our society right now can be traced in large part right back to Facebook. Um, and to date, the company has shown, well, very little interest, really, in actually dealing with some of the issues that they've created. Now, this spring, they did announce plans to somehow reduce the amount of political content that we see in our news feeds. Um, how are they doing that? What are they doing? Is it working? All kinds of discussions around Facebook. So to have that conversation now, we are joined by Dr. Ahmed El-Rawi, who is an assistant professor in news, social media, and public communication at Simon Fraser University. Doctor, thanks so much for your time today. I appreciate you joining us. Thank you for having me. Okay, so to start, this, this new move that was announced, I think it was, what, March, February, March, something like that, where Facebook came out talking about reducing political content. Where did, the, where did that even come from? Well, you know, what was the thinking behind that one? I have no clue. They never mention anything. They don't provide any details. But you need to take uh, their, their word for it. Uh, but uh, there is no way they can do so because... I'm, in my mind, everything is political. Uh, yeah. Like when, when you talk about COVID-19 and the policies surrounding COVID-19, this is the core of politics. So how can they reduce political content is beyond uh, my, my way of thinking. And, uh, they, and because they are not that transparent, we don't know anything about this issue. Well, well, this is the thing. You know, when you talk about Facebook and they come out with these grand proclamations, they're going to work with fact checkers. They're going to limit, you know, the amount of misinformation. They're going to limit the amount of political content that you see. But we saw a story as recently, I think it was two weeks ago, where Facebook, I guess, suppressed data or at least waited until it was in their favor to release it. So we have no idea what they're doing or what impact it's having, right? This is correct. This is correct. And they are not transparent at all. Uh, you know, I made a comparison in an article I wrote uh, between Twitter and Facebook. Twitter has been far more transparent than uh, Facebook when it comes to releasing data, for example, on uh, foreign trolls targeting different countries, including Canada. Uh, face, uh, Twitter released almost everything, unlike Facebook that gave us almost nothing. So we have to take their word for it again and uh, believe that they are doing a lot. But we, as researchers and also the public, don't know anything. No, we don't. We really don't. So when they talk about limiting political content, as you said, define political content, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a mission in itself. What have, they, have they stated in terms of what they'll be limiting, how they'll be limiting, what we can expect to see? And the big one when it comes to Facebook, I find, is what about the paid content? Will they limit that? I don't think they will uh, go to the paid content because that's where they get most of their revenues from. Right. And that's uh, an issue I had actually with uh, the Facebook ads that are found on the platform. I found some of them were actually misleading with regard to our uh, current election. The majority of the ads uh, on our election uh, were paid by the Liberal Party and by Justin Trudeau. Uh, actually, I checked yesterday, uh, only the Liberal Party had about uh, f- over 40% of the available ads on the election. Only the Liberal Party. If I don't count, for example, not even counting the other Liberal par- uh, members of the Parliament and, and Justin Trudeau's uh, ads. So they were uh, actually ahead. I don't think they will come near the ads. That's my point. And I, I, the problem is I found a lot of misleading content in some of these ads. So they are not actually fact-checking them. 
Um, some more talk. And the other thing about Facebook, and, and tell me if I'm wrong here, the fact of the matter is when they do move to um, flag something for be in, being inaccurate or being misinformation or remove something for being misinformation, it has typically spread like wildfire or fungus, pick your analogy, and has already been seen by millions or billions of people before they act anyway. That's a problem, yeah. And this is something they mentioned and I objected to because they are saying that we will only flag what goes viral. And my problem is that what about the other, let's say, millions, if not billions of uh, pieces of information that do not go viral? What about the misinformation that they might contain? So all of this will be overlooked because simply the social media company is, is not really interested in what, is not viral. You know, doctor, to me, you know, trying to regulate Facebook has proven to be um, impossible because they're not interested really in, they say the things, but they're not really interested in doing the work to try and become more uh, accountable. Um, at this point, is it just abandoned face? I mean, it, just know what you're getting when you go on Facebook. Is that the best strategy for consumers out there? I think it's for, it's a good thing. Yeah, I, I believe we need to be inoculated like it's like a vaccine and protected uh, from bad information so this could even happen with mainstream media sometimes so Mm -hmm. sometimes even mainstream media they must also fail us in different ways right sure because they haven't done enough research or they haven't done their job well and there are historical uh, incidents on this issue but the thing about um, being protected i think it's the it's the best procedure I honestly don't think it's practical to fact-check every, every piece of information because one individual might produce hundreds, if not thousands, of bad content. So you, I don't think we, we will be able, uh, even with the what they call uh, the so-called AI, the artificial yeah. intelligence, I, I don't believe in that because the artificial intelligence is still stupid. We haven't reached that stage where the machine will be able to detect disinformation. We not get there. We need human intervention. We need humans to look at the content. And even with the humans, we make mistakes. So we are not really there. So the best approach is for us be, to be protected from bad information. We need more literacy. We need more inoculation or what we call a pre-debunking, which is like um, uh, understanding what disinformation is so that if we are exposed to it in the future, we will be better protected from it. Yeah, uh, it's 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 buyer beware. It, it's go in there and knowing what you're doing. But we've we've seen, doctor, that there's a whole lot of people out there that just aren't equipped with the skills necessary to navigate their way through Facebook, unfortunately. That's true. It's really challenging. And the most important problem we have here is that it's confusing. Yeah. Especially, you know, trying to sift and understand what is true and what is false. This is the most challenging thing today, especially because we don't have, especially for the public, they don't have access to the, uh, let's say, credible information. No. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. yeah. It's, so for, to, to give you an example, let's say I am interested in fact-checking an issue regarding COVID-19. Uh, the problem I'm facing as a regular user of the Internet is that a lot of the credible websites are actually blocked because there is a paywall. Like, for example, the Globe and Mail, the Washington Post, yes, the New York Times. 
we, I can't access them if I don't pay. And who wants to pay money for, for, for information? Or, for instance, an academic journal. It could be beyond my reach when it comes to the jargon, the scientific terms used in these journals. So it's really hard for us to, as like regular users, to access credible information. So what happens in the end? We see credit or Facebook for, for information about COVID-19, and that's where we go through the you know, rabbit hole and the problems start. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Doctor, thank you so much for your time this morning. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me again. Thank you very much. That is Dr. Ahmed El-Rawi, who is, uh, yeah, this is what he does. He's an assistant professor in news, social media, and public communication at Simon Fraser University, talking about Facebook.